And welcome to a special edition of the Beervana Podcast, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. This is a big excitement for us. Yes, this is the Beervana Podcast. That means we're podcasting from our studio in the heart of Beervana, Portland, Oregon. And upcoming next week is the Oregon Brewers Festival, one of the country's oldest beer fests. Right. So we're going to do something a little special here today. We're going to take a look at the beers on offer at the upcoming fest, but also talk about the state of beer in 2015. So even if you can't attend, give us a listen anyway. That's right, because what happens uh, when you have a beer fest is it's like a little snapshot in time. And so even if you can't attend a beer fest, looking at what they're serving and, and discussing what uh, what what the breweries are excited about bringing tells you a lot about what's happening in the beer industry. So. Yep, and so with me as always is Jeff Allworth, author of The Beer Bible, and I'm Patrick Emerson, economics professor at Oregon State University and a part-time beer blogger. Right, so we're, you can tell that we're excited to get through this. We're not going to spend a lot of time uh, on this podcast, and we will have a corollary follow-up podcast after the uh, festival, after we attend the festival on Wednesday, and talk about what we found. So it's kind of a two-parter, and this is part one. Yeah, so let's set the table by just telling you uh, uh, some basic facts here. Uh, the Oregon Brewers Festival is a festival that has been uh, ha- uh, held annually in downtown Portland, Oregon since 1988. It's held at the Tom McCall Waterfront Park, which is a beautiful venue for the Beer Fest and one of the main attractions. Yeah, downtown um, between the Willamette River and downtown. So one side you see the beautiful river and on the other the buildings of downtown. Great on venue. A, on a tree-lined parkway on the banks of Willamette. Uh, it is running from Wednesday, July 22nd to Sunday, July 26th. It's always the last weekend in July. And it's almost guaranteed to uh, always have wonderful weather. And looking at the long run forecast, it looks like they've hit another home run. The Friday through Sunday weather forecast is for bright sunshine and mid-80s temperatures. So ideal. Perfect. Because <laughs> uh, we've been having some hot weather. So it's we have. Hot. It has been a little bit too hot here, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts. So uh, some more facts. And facts. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday, the taps are open from noon to 9 p.m. On Sunday, it's from noon to 7 p.m. The way that you uh, get your taste is by purchasing a obligatory mug. That costs $7. And then yeah, the wooden tokens that uh, uh, allow you to purchase a taste of a beer, I think it's a four ounce, three or four ounce pour of a beer is $1. And we were just discussing, we think that that price per taste hasn't changed since perhaps its inception. Yeah. So certainly since I started going in the early 90s, it's been a buck a, a, buck a taste, which is, I remember in the early 90s, that seemed kind of expensive. Um, and now it seems like an amazing deal. Yeah, they usually will sell the, the, the sort of the typical thing to do is to buy the $20 mug plus token uh, package. Um, and that usually actually that does me pretty well for the for the festival. I'm not a I'm not a big drinker. I like to sort of sip my beer throughout the day right. uh, and, and just enjoy the scene. Um, 13 well, pours is pretty good for anybody. 13 pours is pretty good for anybody. <laughs> and and in the past few years, we'll talk about the sort of the the, the change, but in the past few years uh, there has been sort of an abundance of really high alcohol beers at the Oregon Brewers Festival, which mimics the sort of trends. So this year, I think I'll have many more options when I'm looking for a little bit uh, lower alcohol beers, which is something we'll talk about. But uh, one other sort of um, note, which is the other thing that hasn't changed um, as long as I've been going to the Oregon Brewers Fest is the token itself. So right. if you purchase too many tokens, hang on to them because you can use them next year's fest. That's right. And you, uh, it's a fun thing to do. If you look on the token, it has the number of days. And the fest now is five days. When it first started, it was uh, only three days. Then it grew to four days. Now it grew to five days. So you can see the old 
uh, tokens still have only three days listed on there, which is great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so today we're going to preview it. Uh, we'll come back on uh, the end of next week uh, and do a little follow-up podcast as well after we've attended. Our, our, uh, our schedule is to attend on Wednesday, uh, and then we'll follow up from there. So why don't you give us an overview of the of the fest? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the fest um, as a way of of discussing kind of the change in in the way beer has uh, been brewed in in America um, in the last quarter century. Oh, there's the there's the house phone ringing. That's a, that's a nice move. Uh, sorry, listener lines are not open. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well done. Um, so uh, w- when this first opened in 1988, just a tiny little bit of background, there were only four breweries. They were the four breweries that were open in Portland at the time, uh, McMinimans, Widmer, Bridgeport, and Portland Brewing. Yeah, there's a few more now. And there's a few, there's just a few more now. And it was just essentially a kegger. They decided to do this down down in the park, and um, it was a big hit, so they kept going on. And for at least, this is I think the 28th year or something like that, at least the first 23 or 4, uh, you could reliably predict what kind of beers would be there. They were really easy to categorize by style. It was all fairly clear, fairly normal stuff. Um, in the last few years, I have noticed that uh, every year, I, as part of the media, I get a, a spreadsheet of uh, the beers. And every year, I break those down into styles. And I do a little thing on the, on the, pod, or on the uh, blog where I outline which, how, much, how many numbers of each style are there. Do you intend to do that again this year? Yeah, I'll do that again this year. Uh, but it's becoming harder and harder because the styles no longer really correlate to anything. They're just really weird <laughs> beers. Um, and so breaking them down into actual styles is, is not easy. And I, I pulled out, uh, my, I had an old uh, program from 2006, and I pulled that out and looked at the styles that were listed there and compared them to this year. And uh, some of it was fairly normal. There were more ambers and reds in 2006. There were uh, six of them at the fest, which is 8%, mm-hmm. and we are down to 3% now. Um, about 12% were Belgian-style beers. It's 15 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8% lagers, 10% lagers this year. So, you know, more, a little few more IPAs. There were about a quarter there uh, in 2006. They're down to about a fifth in 2015. Yeah, 2006 seems to be the apex of, of IPA, perhaps. But I'm a little surprised about lagers, that there were... Uh, only a few fewer in terms of percentage um, than there are now. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think maybe loggers were uh, some some experimentation in loggers was already starting to happen. Yeah, interesting. The thing that's really different, radically different, is uh, when you look at beers made with additives. Mm-hmm. So beers with fruit, beers with spice, and beers with other ingredients like uh, coffee. Um, Mushrooms. Mushrooms. That's, right. <laughs> That's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> we, got a, we got a mushroom beer. Um, in uh, 2006, there were eight, only 8%. There were six beers at the fest. 8% of the beers in total um, were made with those. At this year's fest, almost 50%, uh, 46%, have fruit, spice, or other ingredients added. And they're in all different kinds of styles of beer um, and the beer styles themselves are starting to collapse so you're having descriptions there's a beer here we'll talk about maybe a little bit later that's a hellas but it's made with hot bursting so no initial uh, 
bitter charge. No, no bitter charge. So we're starting to see these trends that we've been talking about in the podcast generally appear uh, at the fest, and it's really kind of a, a kaleidoscope of, of fascinating and weird beers. Yeah, and the and the and the festival sort of grown. Originally, it was just a, as you say, four Oregon brewers, and then it was sort of more Oregon beers, and it became more. Uh, well, regional mostly, but national, and uh, and last year it even became international. Right. So uh, what was interesting, and and something that we won't have an answer to, but perhaps we can figure this out over the uh, next week when we're there, is that the the most of the internationalization of the current fest is from two tiny little countries, <laughs> uh, entirely different countries, New Zealand and the Netherlands. But interesting up-and-coming countries, important in the brewing scene. Yep. Uh, the Absolutely. Netherlands is a famous old brewing country, but um, they kind of lost their, their, their tradition uh, when the, the heinification of uh, the, the country. And, but now they have a big craft brewing scene. And, of course, in New Zealand, uh, they have those amazing hops. That, that Yeah, I think of New Zealand always sort of as a kindred spirit to Oregon yeah. because they have a similar scene in the, in the fact that they grow lots of hops locally, very interesting aromatic hops. So. Right. I'm There's also, in, interestingly, you may not know this, um, or, and sure, probably a lot of our listeners don't know this. There's a festival in New Zealand, the big beer festival there. It's called the Birvana Beer Fest. Ah. It's very interesting, and I know this because every year uh, a whole bunch of Kiwis start drunk tweeting each other about, "Hey, I'm at the so and so thing at Birvana." And, <laughs> so, and they're like, "Dude, come over and meet me." <laughs> Called a hashtag. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, so I have actually an interesting corollary of that, which is that a couple of years ago there was a new uh, economics conference uh, surround, uh, surrounding the economics of beer, and of course they called it the Beeronomics Conference. So I will get sometimes uh, inquiries about the Beeronomics Conference, and every once in a while a submission uh, to the Beeronomics Conference. So um, I'm not that. So don't don't send me your papers, please. And we were the original Beeronomics in Beervana. So that's right. The internet. Back off. I, I, <laughs> I'm, all ha I'm happy with coexistence, so as long as you don't bother me, I won't bother you. That's right. Uh, okay, so let's, let's, let's turn now uh, to the beer. Yeah. I have, and you uh, as well, have a list of all the beers on offer, and we've both sort of gone through and, and thought about the kinds of beers that we're interested in looking at, uh, potentially uh, thinking about which ones we're going to taste. So why don't you get started and tell us what, 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 what stands out to you this year? Yeah, so uh, my, my approach... Each year is to try the beers that are, are unusual. Um, you know, if there's a beer that I can find in a bottle in, in, in the grocery store, there's no chance I'm going to try it. But particularly, I look for beers that uh, are kind of experimental and pushing the envelope in terms of uh, method or ingredient. And we have a lot of choices this year. And I think a lot, you know, we talked, we had a podcast on uh, session IPAs, which is a growing trend in the way those are brewed. Um, and we're starting to see some of the uh, Pro the, the processes used in making session IPAs filter over uh, into other beers. And so as I was looking through here, I was sort of interested in, in uh, those kinds of things. So I'll mention, my, the first beer I'll mention is uh, Basecamp, a brewery here in Portland, actually here in the Buckman with us where, from where we're broadcasting live, uh, is doing a Hellas, which looks to be a pretty standard Hellas, except uh, they are... <laughs> hot bursting it so no bitter charge they're only and not only is there no bitter charge they're all whirlpool hops so <laughs> absolutely every hop goes only in the whirlpool after boil so they're post-boil hops and um it's a hellas so this i don't actually 
have high expectations because it seems like that can't possibly work, but I'm interested to try it. So that's what the fest is for. So the first thing I'll probably be looking at is uh, Hop in the Pool by Basecamp. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and this is just in reference to how you introduced this. It's always interesting to me the approach uh, as a brewer to the festival because at in, in some respects what you want to do is uh, establish a reputation as a quality brewer. At the same time, you're trying to give the people potentially something new or different. And so you have to kind of uh, straddle that fence, I suppose, about trying to trying to establish yourself as a, as a good brewer that can brew sort of basic styles, but also trying to do something a little bit different. And you see in this list, you know, some people are just sending standard beers and some people uh, send special beers. And yeah, right. I tend to be drawn to the more special beers or to standard beers that I can't get locally. Yeah. So, so what are you looking at? So, yeah. So a couple of things about the fest for me. Uh, this is in the middle of the summer. Uh, it tends to be hot and warm. The The summer weather in Portland is pretty reliable, um, much to people's surprise. It doesn't actually rain uh, much at all in the middle of the summer. So I tend to like beers that are more uh, sessionable, that are lower alcohol, um, but I'm also kind of a hophead. So this whole advent of session lagers is, is fantastic for me. And by the way, I was going to mention there are more session lagers this year than imperial IP, uh, session IPAs than imperial IPAs this ah. year. So the worm is turned or the pendulum <laughs> is swinging in my favor. So in a few years ago, I would go to the fest and struggle, I think, to find uh, sort of a bunch of lower alcohol beers that I could enjoy uh, during the day and um, in the hot weather. But uh, not so this year. So one of the ones, I guess I'll start with the one that I always go f uh, look out uh, uh, seek out first, which is a local brewery to the northwest, but one that doesn't distribute in Oregon, as far as I'm aware, which is Boundary Bay mm -hmm. Brewery from Bellingham, Washington. They have, I always seek them out in the fest, and they've never disappointed me. I think they uh, brew really wonderful beers. They tend to use hops um, in a delightful fashion. So I'm looking, looking forward to uh, the double dry hopped Sriracha Ace Pale Ale, which might surprise you because... It does surprise me because the, you're not a Sriracha Ace guy. Because the Sriracha Ace to me <laughs> tastes of uh, dill, and I really find it unpleasant in general. So I'm I, looking, I'm going to look for this beer. I want to see if Foundry Bay has found a way to use Sriracha Ace that appeals to my palate. That's fascinating. I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy that beer because it tastes like lemon to me. As <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting yeah. that, that these comp, hop compounds can have such different effect. Uh, so yeah, so Boundary Bay is something I look for. It's uh, This one is a special beer. Even if they were send, uh, sending some of their standard beer, I would look for it as well because I really enjoy it. Uh, okay, what else? So I think um, we should probably not go into great detail in a lot of these. Mm -hmm. uh, we both have a number of choices here that are laying in front of us. I'll trot through a couple uh, that are... I'm, as you know, I'm a big Saison guy, so Saisons mm -hmm. always call out to me. Um, Corvallis's Flat Tail has one that looks quite fascinating to me. It's a, an American hopped Saison uh, called uh, Big Green. Mm -hmm. So they're going to put uh, a bunch of Mosaic Equinox and Cascade um, and do treat it like it's an IPA, but ferment with Saison uh, yeast. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I had, I had that one marked as well. Yeah. And then um, there is a brewery in Bend, Oregon called Worthy, a fairly new brewery, and they're doing one um, in one of Eric Steen's uh, Beers Made by Walking project where they went and gathered some of the uh, sage around uh, out the, the sage in, that grows in the high desert in Bend. And they put 
that in a saison. So I'm interested in those two beers. That, that's very cool. Yeah. I, I like I like the use of, of local ingredients. I am not a big urban spice right. beer guy, so I tend to avoid those. It's good that we we're both here. By the way, I also look out for 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 ABV as I mentioned. Uh, the Boundary Bay is 4.1 percent, so that's a really mm. nice beer to yeah. to start with early in the day. I will leave the flat tail, big green saison, to later in the day because that's an eight percent. Uh, a beer there, right? Uh, okay, c- a couple of other things that I've that I've looked at. Um, I'm really interested in these fruit beers. I like fruit beers when it's done well, so I always like to see good breweries trying it. Uh, Upright has a uh, a beer de gar that has fruit and spice in it that um, is interesting to me. And um, always, always a good brewery, always a good bet. Yeah. Uh, another one that I'm really interested in. Um, I have no idea. I had never heard of this. Well, I have actually heard of the brewery, but I never had anything from the brewery as as I've, um, as I know of, which is the Dunedin Brewery from Florida. They're bringing a mango macroot paradiso beer, which they call an I, a session IPA. It's 4.8%. I love mango. I've not had it successfully in a beer. I'm not even sure I've had it unsuccessfully in a beer. I'm not sure I've ever tasted it in a beer. Uh, and so I'm really interested in that one. Yeah, that one looked interesting to me too i think there might be some spice in it that may have ordered me off i can't remember but um fruit and ipa work pretty well together some of our local brewers have discovered yeah while we're on on uh fruit i'll mention that F- fort george is bringing a peach stout which sounds horrible yeah but, <laughs> that does but i wrote it down because it's one of those things that seems like hmm well maybe maybe it's not um yeah well that's fun know. one of the fun things uh, that's one of the fun things about the the fast is to is for brewers to experiment and for consumers to experiment with brewers experimentations that's right a buck and you get to taste it and if it's no good it's and when it's no a brewery worse. like fort george which has a track record of success it's something i'm usually willing to take a gamble on that's right it's also a good this is a this is another tip so tips for for uh fest goers it's it's nice to go as a group we it's just become an andro, annual tradition of ours lots of old friends gather together um so we're often a group of four to eight uh, people and we'll often uh, sort of divide and conquer and we'll go off and try different beers and then we'll share our tastes around so uh, it's a great way to taste lots of different beers without having to drink too much and get too drunk <laughs> that's right that's a good system so uh, another one that's uh, uh, stood out to me was um, uh, John Harris's new brewery ecliptic um, John Harris legend of the Oregon beer scene um, has uh, his own brewery now, Ecliptic, and he's bringing in Aurora Crimson Saison. It, it, it's listed as a fruit beer. I don't know what fruit is in it. Rhubarb. Ah, rhubarb. Yes. Oh, good. You, you, you're the man. <laughs> uh, well, that makes me even more interested in, in, in trying it. So I would love to try a Saison by uh, John Harris. Yeah, that should add some nice acidity and, and, and do nicely. Well, we should talk about that mushroom beer, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so there are a couple of... But by the way, so... so uh, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not saying this to, to slag anybody off, but there's a few beers that sort of stood out as, as, um, uh, really sort of wild and interesting. Haymakers. Uh, haymakers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one is Old Town Brewing's One Up Mushroom Ale, which they, they list as an experimental beer with mushrooms. Now there are lots of adjuncts in brewing that make sense to me and, it may just be like, uh, I don't know, cheese is to apple pie. Maybe mushrooms are to beer. It could be. It could be. Here's um, what they write, and you, you'll you be the judge. Okay. 
The use of candy cat mushrooms gives this unique beer a sweet wood age character that balances nicely with its bitterness and complex frame. So we will be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, say, we'll, we'll try that just just so that we can report back on it. Yeah. Um, the other one that stood out to me, and this is not, uh, you know, uh, there's interestingly in, in the Oregon beer scene, um, uh, rogue ales tends to be sort of a lightning rod. There are people who, who really defend rogue and people who don't. I, I love rogue and uh, uh, had an experience with Jack Joyce, the founder of rogue, who's now, uh, who recently passed away and couple years ago uh um but they're coming <laughs> they're coming to a summer beer fest with an imperial smoked uh lager that's a 9.5 percent alcohol yeah, bomb. <laughs> and i'm also just like I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to spice smoke and uh doesn't uh doesn't appeal to me generally at all so an imperial smoked lager just seems like the last thing i'd want to have on a on a warm sun sunny summer day so you'll be sure to try it so uh, i I'll, <laughs> I'll be sure to have you try it jeff and, and tell me how it is i'm not sure i'm going to waste a token on that i that's a bad way to say it um i'm not sure i'm ready to to devote a token uh, right to a 9.5 percent beer maybe at the maybe at the very end of the day if i have a token left over i'll I'll, I'll go in there. Oh, and here's another. So, so one one tip is to bring friends and 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 share tastes. Another tip is to be careful in the sequencing of beers. True. So, so I try to be very careful and start with low alcohol, low IBU beers. Right. If you if you dive right in and, and go for the actually I don't think they're bringing Pliny the Elder, are they? But mm -hmm. uh, like a big hot bomb. There are double and triple IPAs. There are plenty to have. And if you start your day with a big hot bomb, your palate is toast and you're not going to taste much else uh, <laughs> for the rest of the day. So leave that till the very end is, is my is my advice. Right. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to just uh, go through a couple of other here because we were talking about uh, fruit beer. Uh, Prodigal Sun from um, uh, Pendles in Oregon, wonderful brewery there. It's bringing a huckleberry wheat, yep. uh, fruit wheat beer. I'm definitely would, uh, interested in trying that. Um Let's see. I think that's most of the uh, fruity beers that um, I have down. What about you? Yeah, I don't have so many fruit beers. I did highlight a couple of the uh, Netherlands and New Zealand breweries, um, mm -hmm. which I, I have to say that looking through the Netherlands breweries, I didn't see anything there that struck me as particularly like Netherlandish. Yes. But um, the uh, the kiwi ones, there's a couple there that look really good. Parrot Dog, is a brewery I don't know anything about has something called Rewaka Secret. Rewaka is a uh, New Zealand hop, and this thing has got all kinds of uh, New Zealand hops in it, so that, that looks cool. Yeah, and I was interested in that, except, again, it's a big, big beer, so maybe at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, and then Tautara, uh, Savanova. Tautara is the name of the brewery. Again, don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. um, Savanova must reference the uh, hops, Nelson Savan hops, that will that will be in this and much much like uh you're gonna try the sriracha ace i'll try this one because nelson Savin tastes a lot like human sweat when i taste it um, and i absolutely adore nelson Savin's. So no, they taste like grapefruit and lovely yeah these hops are famous for their uh refinement among folks who like them they have a uh people say a white wine note and all these wonderful qualities so we'll see i i would love to try these hops brewed at the breweries you know just down the street from where their yeah. the hops come from. So, and by the way, I'm just gonna. I don't want to give a shout out to a New Zealand uh, brewery uh, solely for the name of the brewery, which is the Yeasty Boys. Yeah, that's <laughs> I might just try that beer just because. Yeah, it's a great name. Um, yeah, there was one that I um, uh, had listed down as as one that I'd be interested in. 
um, and trying, uh, it was a New Zealand Saison, I'm looking for it here in my list. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, not New Zealand Saison, the Netherlands. Yeah, the, the uh, I, and I apologize for the pronunciation, but Eersup or Orsup, uh, Brettalicious, a sour uh, uh, barrel-aged beer with Brett in it. Um, I'll be interested to see that. And by the way, I was going to mention this, Cascade Brewing, which, as I understood from you, Ron Gansberg was uh, someone who avoided Brett at all costs. Um, is coming is bringing a Brett a Brett infused uh, a Brett inoculated uh, beer. That is, that's very. I didn't. I did. I I missed that. That's amazing. Unless um, it's a misprint. Well, so sometimes his beer, sometimes his barrels do develop Brett, and he'll he'll sequester them in the corner of the brewery and not mm. throw it away. So that could have been what happened. Or mm -hmm. maybe he's found the light. Maybe maybe he's getting on the Brett train. I don't know. We can do a little research into that. Maybe we'll see Ron. Ron is often down at the fest. Uh, so if we see him, we'll ask about that. Uh, another couple of beers that point, uh, that, I, that, that uh, I highlighted, it was um, uh, Dogfish Head, which I, I tend not to like their wild experiments, but they're bringing something that looks very traditional. So I'll be interested to see how they do with a with the traditional. It's a glancing blue English pale ale. Yeah. Uh, uh, Boulder beer is another one of those that it's hard to get locally that I always uh, look for because they uh, generally um, uh, never fail to delight. And their brewer, David Zuckerman, went to college with us. Oh, I was going to mention that. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, and yeah, got there's, there's no other reason why. And got his start at Bridgeport. So there you go. We that's can loop that in there. Local connections. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, those are the ones that uh, – there are others that I've uh, I have down, but – um, that's a that's a good start. Uh, the the website not only has the beers on offer, but they also uh, are filling in now. They have a whole list of the uh, locations of those beers. So there's a number of trailers they bring that have different taps, and so you can start mapping out your um, your fest uh, going experience. And um, uh, I've gone through a few tips, but I wrote down a couple of others. Um, for, for the Oregon Brewers Fest uh, going tips. One, if at all possible, go as early as possible. And True. That, and that means early in the week and early in the day. Yeah. The um, people, the, they come. Yeah. The people, they come. And after work, <laughs> they come in hordes. Yes. And really the nature of the fest changed, changes quite a bit. It becomes less of sort of a relaxed uh, beer connoisseur environment to more of a gung-ho, let's drink quickly because, you know, we only got a couple hours. Right. Um, second tip, the mug filling stations or the mug, sorry, the mug rinsing stations are, uh, are fed by hoses that are linked to the Portland municipal water system, which has some of the most purest and delightful water on earth. So don't be afraid to drink that water because there's very little <laughs> other water on offer. Right. Uh, so, so the good tip is Hydrate. that, yeah, rinse your, rinse your beer, fill your mug and, and drink. The only problem is they have those dribbly little faucet so yeah but everybody knows um uh and the last tip is that uh, they have two big giant tents which are nice to sort of uh, be under especially early in the day when you're avoiding the sun although there's also trees around you can find but um as the fest gets busier those tents get really really loud right. lots of reflected sounds so i like to find uh, solitude as much as you can in a giant fest, but I like to to avoid being under the tents too much because my ears start ringing literally. Yeah. Uh, any other tips from you? No, I think we got it. I think uh, I think it's now it's all down to the drinking and 
uh, next week, we will come back with a follow-up, tell you what we found. We will try to record some on-site audio, play some uh, back for you from brewers and beer folks that we encounter that might have insight into what, what what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll give a wrap-up of, of what the beer trends are like and how well these weird uh, flavored beers have turned out and whether that's a blind alley or the next evolution in beer. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So if, you, if you're if you not local and you've never been to the fest and you can't make it this year, certainly uh, plan a trip in the future because it's, um, it's actually quite a delightful uh, experience. It is. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. You, As always, you can be in touch with us. Uh, Jeff, as we talked about, we'll be doing a little rundown of beers and beer styles and the evolution of beer styles on his uh, Beervana blog. Uh, I will try and post a, 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 um, uh, do a post or two on uh, the Beeronomics blog. You can find us uh, through the Beervana Facebook page is probably the easiest way. Right. And if you want to be in touch, it's the the underscore beer axe at yahoo.com. Correct. All right. Until next week. All right, Patrick. We'll see you at the fest. Cheers. Cheers.